and leave you feeling fresh. In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on TogiNet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everyone, and thank you very much for being with us this evening. Tonight, I have a special treat. It is another author who writes in a genre of sexuality that I loved reading her book about because I love being a student. So my guest this evening is Laura Antonou, and she has authored, some of you may know of her book's Marketplace, which is a um, series, I believe it's three books. Laura, are you on with me right now? I am. Hi, Lou. Hello there. So I'm just going to do a quick little intro of you for a moment, let people know who you are. Um, I'm just going to read straight from her. She has also edited the groundbreaking Leather Woman anthologies and writes scholarly work on BDSM. In 2011, Antonu won the Lifetime Achievement Award from the National Leather Association. Now, you have to tell me about that one in a moment. Her work has been translated into Spanish, German, Hebrew, Japanese, and Korean. She has over 20 years' experience in writing, teaching, and speaking about kinky sex communities, and Antonu has sold over 600,000 books, well done, and counting, and she resides in Queens, New York. Welcome to my show. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Lou. It's an honor to be here. Um, so I, the book that we're going to be talking about this evening is her new book, The Killer Wore Leather. And I have to tell you, there were times when I was reading it that it was laugh-out-loud funny. And, I mean, when they say that you have skewered people within the leather community with a most loving dart, they were not joking. So (laughs) (laughs) please explain to people. I mean, I could tell them what I got from it, but as we know from the author, what were the origins of this book and what had you write? A mystery. (laughs) Well, I'll let you in on a secret. Okay. (laughs) I've been writing erotica for over 20 years. That's Mm -hmm. primarily what I'm known for, and mostly BDSM erotica. Mm -hmm. But many, many years ago, I was actually uh, rather involved in the gaming community. And this is before the rise of video games. I'm talking about tabletop games like Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, really? 
Yeah, yeah. I was one of the first female game masters at the national conference for those games, Gen Con, way, way back in the 80s. Um, and there was a woman who won the Edgar Award from uh, the American Mystery Writers uh, for a mystery she called Bimbos of the Death Sun. <laughs> Great title, right? Oh, that's absolutely hilarious. I have to ask you about the Zodians, but we're going to hold that question. <laughs> so she wrote this book, Bimbos of the Death Sun, which took place at a science fiction and gaming convention. Ah. And because I was very active in that scene, I read this book because people were outraged. They said, oh, my God, this woman is making fun of science fiction fans. I read it. I found it hysterical. <laughs> Absolutely on target and just so funny. Um, and now, years and years later, I had this idea. What if I did that to the leather slash BDSM slash kink community? What if I wrote a mystery set in a very real-life leather community mm -hmm. um, and poked a little fun at it? Because after being around in the scene uh, for over 30 years, I've seen a lot. <laughs> I, you know, but I have to tell people that when you are reading her characters, there is there's no way that this came from just like popped out of your brain. You had to have seen some of these people do these things. Well, I always like to say that uh, no single character is based on any single person. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and no furries were harmed in the writing of this book. Well, everyone will be just so pleased about that. I love, <laughs> I love the fact that you have this terrifically um, negative guy that everyone loves to hate, and he's the guy who gets murdered. Well, it's my first mystery, and mm -hmm. so I wanted a very by-the-books mystery. I wanted a police procedural because they're the most recognizable, mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to set it up in a way that people who are used to reading me in the realms of erotica and may not be familiar with mysteries can just jump in and go along with it, and people who read mysteries will have characters that will inform them what the hell is going on with all of these weird people as they read the book. <laughs> and I will tell, you know, for, you know, the listeners, I have to tell you, this book is a quick read. I mean, I read quickly, but it's almost it's 400 pages. I read it yesterday. And wow. I can, and because I felt it was, you know, it behooves me, if I, you and I are going to be speaking about your book, that I know what's in your book. Mm -hmm. Wow, that puts you ahead most of the people on television, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, well, you know, for both of us, I know we've had, we know immediately when someone has not even cracked open the book. This is true. When they make that comment to you, so tell me, tell me about your book. It's like, oh, thank you. But <laughs> what I realized with this is you, I mean, an easy reading is, that is very skillful writing. So... When you, I mean, immediately right off the bat, when we have Bitsy, who is your character. That slave Bitsy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Slave Bitsy. <laughs> the controlling slave. <laughs> and she is hysterical. And sort of like this observation of this, this world. But really, when I was reading it, the thing that I first thought of, you know, is this is really about relationships. And it's truly, in essence, various love stories and people wanting to connect and be loved for who they are 
regardless of what they're doing. And that just, that is what sort of I kept seeing, you know, people wanting to be accepted and people wanting to be loved and people wanting to be, you know, desired for who they are. Right. And that I, can't I, be the same wherever you go, though. Well, exactly. I mean, we've got themes of, I mean, if there's one theme that I think transcends just about anything, it's the love theme. Because everyone can get it and everyone can understand it. Now, let me back up and go, let's ask you, if I may, what had you go into the BDSM writing world? Well, it's a very unromantic story. Uh, <laughs> I, I was active in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as they would start letting me in the clubs in New York, I mean, they, they threw me out with my fake IDs when I was underage. But um, as soon as I could get in legally and I joined organizations, was very active. I read a magazine back uh, in the early 80s called the Semiotopia Guardian, which was sort of like popular mechanics for kinky people. Okay. I told you how to make your own floggers and uh, and how to play safely and things like that. No, no smut, no naked people, just how-to stuff. And so it was a, a favorite magazine of mine. And in one issue, they had a notice in the back that there was a New York publisher that was looking for people who could write formula fiction. And mm-hmm. I'd been an English major in college. I could write formula fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I sent in a very proper cover letter with the name of the editor and uh, told him about my writing background. At the time, I was working for the People with AIDS Coalition. I'd written a lot of nonfiction articles about HIV and, and AIDS and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And, and I told them that this is my background, this is my education. Two days later, I got a call from a guy I'd never heard of who turned out to be Richard Kasak, uh, who was the publisher of Masquerade Books. Um, and he's, his first words to me were, are you a real girl? <laughs> at, at which, at which point I said, yes. And he said, great, I'll take you to lunch. Now, why was he wanting to know if you were real? Uh, I think it was because most of the people who wrote to masquerade books were, uh, men, Okay. Um, because Masquerade was a pulp fiction uh, kind of publisher. Okay. Their their smut was not what you would call literotica. Um, it, it, this is the place you would go to to get paperbacks called, you know, Lust of the Cossacks or Stasi Slut. That was a title, one of my favorites. Because um, I love the historical smut. <laughs> so... Uh, that's like naming nail polishes, I think. I think you have to drink a lot of wine and just get, you know, like marginally on the border. And, you know, sometimes I think that's exactly how it works. <laughs> uh, but he took me to lunch and asked right? me what I would like to write about. And I said, well, how about a collection of stories about people doing uh, SM for the first time? A kind of introductory collection. He said, terrific. And within a week, I had a check and a contract. Wow. Yeah. Now, this. So, I mean, everyone always asks me, so, Lou, how did you get into this? And mine was that I, wa- I wanted the information for me, and mm-hmm. it wasn't available to me the way I wanted to hear it. So I know that it's when I write about things, I'm writing from a wanting-to-know perspective. Mm-hmm. My thing is not telling people what I do. 
and and actually had a meeting today here in Los Angeles. We have a, a very sort of an, an informally organized group called LASA, Los Angeles Area Sexuality um, Association. Mm-hmm. And we, I was talking, do you know Olga Perez? That's oh, a familiar name. Yeah. Anyways, I was saying that I was going to be having you on my show today. And she goes, oh, she said her books are great. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. So we had a little a little chat and a little, you know, short discussion about, you know, the killer war leather as we we're having our uh, soup. Now, we're going to our first break. My guest is Laura Antonou, author of The Killer War Leather. And we will be right back after these tunes. Please stay with us. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. In the annals of recorded history, there has never been anything that can compare to Home movies. But now, in this modern era, where do you turn for the best information? Right here. It's the Home Movie Legacy Project, hosted by Rhonda Vigent. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Learn how to organize, digitize, share on social media, use this genealogy research, repurpose, or even monetize found footage. Discover ways to find films about your own family that you didn't even know existed. Or create a documentary that can use the power of home movies to deliver a message that can impact the lives of many. For more on Rhonda and the show, go to our website, homemovielegacy.com. Then be here as the journey continues with the Home Movie Legacy Project with Rhonda Vigent. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Tonight I have Police Press author Laura Antonou, who has written The Killer War Leather. 
And just while we were on the break, um, I asked Laura if when we come back in, because as an educator, now where are you teaching in New York? Well, you know, um, the old saying that uh, a prophet is is not honored in their own hometown, uh, I almost (laughs) never go out in New York. Uh, when I go out in New York, it's usually to hang out with uh, with other writers and and some friends. I mm-hmm. I go to a free erotic reading series uh, whenever I can, whenever I'm home. Um, but I'm about to launch what is in reality a worldwide book tour. And for example, this weekend, I'm going to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And in addition to appearing at the Leather Archives, which is the museum for right. the leather kink community, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm going to be doing tomorrow night, I'm teaching at a weekend event that is actually called Kinky College. I saw that on your author tour. Yep. <laughs> I've start, spelled with Kinky K and College K. <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's uh, an odd name. I don't name these things. I just go. Exactly. No, you're going I, to be a, you're going to be busy all through April. Yes, yes. In fact, uh, in, in my, uh, I'm doing a tour in Australia, going to three cities and uh, teaching over a dozen classes in 14 days. Wow. I just did a whole bunch of those in uh, Asia mm-hmm. um, with my presentation. So here's the thing. Given that you are you know, the educator, you are the writer, you have the expertise of 30 years' experience within this world, can you please explain to people from someone who understands it, what is the appeal of BDSM, and if you can define what that is, and then is that the same thing as kink, or is kink something else? Well, BDSM and kink cover a wide range of activities. What, we would say, what I would say is that BDSM is specifically the types of things that we would, uh, that I used to call SM or um, in the gay community was known as leather, the bondage and discipline, the role-playing, um, consensual sadomasochism, dominance and submission, those things. Whereas kink, kinky expands it even wider to the point that it is anything outside of what we would think of as the norm or the average in sexual behavior. But then, of course, it matters where you go. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, in New York, in New York City, what we think of as kinky is not going to be what you think of as uh, kinky, say, in Peoria. On the other hand, some of the kinkiest people I've ever met are in Ohio. You know, some of the kinkiest people I've ever met have been in the most conservative areas. Yeah. Um, so, but I know that, that now more people are interested in exploring that because of, you know, various books that have been out. Those I mean, books. Those books. And, you know, when I read Fifty Shades of Grey, I initially had the attitude I didn't have to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the arrogance of thinking, listen, I've written five books. Why do I have to read this? That's really dumb. And then I realized, you know what? If this is impacting people that much, it is my responsibility to put it through my own filter. That's exactly why I read it. You know, and, and here's what I tell people. I said, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. It is Harlequin Romance meets Vanilla Kink, and it's a love story between two people who have no idea how to be in a relationship. Oh, seriously, they both need therapy. <laughs> but what you also have is that they will do whatever they need to do to be with one another. And people keep saying, you know, people would say, oh, well, the, 
people in BDSM don't like it because, you know, she's being totally forced into doing anything. She's not getting forced into doing anything. She's normally the one who initiates everything. Oh, for goodness sakes, by the end of the book, she's in complete control of the relationship. <laughs> exactly. She's, and... she's pregnant. She's got the ring on her fing finger. She's got all the wealth, and she controls when they have kinky sex. And she, exactly. Whether it's, you know, when she's pregnant now or later or whatever. But yeah. what, what I thought was interesting... Ooh, more, spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. What I thought was interesting is, like your book, which has woven through it the themes of the prime detective, Rebecca, who runs into her, you know, former lover, and what, how that is woven in. And then we have Bitsy, who's looking for love. And then we have Mac, who's the guy who gets murdered, and his partner, who supposedly are about love. And we see that woven through your book, and that's really the theme of what Fifty Shades of Grey was as well. Well, ultimately, the story of people who fall in love, uh, people who have their emotional needs met in whatever way, uh, is one of the few basic stories that we tell. Mm -hmm. And um, there, there is no more universal theme than someone finding the right situation for them to be in with the right person. No question. And, and the other thing, someone who takes care of their heart. Yes. And that's something, as I tell people, listen, you can make as many lists as you want about who you want to be with, but if your heart doesn't have the reaction to them, you can't make your heart fall in love. You, no. You can no. convince yourself of a lot of things when you're vertical, but when you're horizontal, like when you wake up in the middle of the night and you look at them, boom, you, th th your heart is then speaking. Well, a lot of people will look at the uh, the BDSM scene, and because of our emphasis on things like consensuality and safety, which of course are good things and wonderful things, you can go to hours and hours of classes on how to be safe and how to negotiate, how to play. Uh, but the fact is, is that the main reason why people stay together is because they fall in love with each other not because they play well together. We will always overcome the top who doesn't know how to tie a knot. Or, you know, <laughs> the bottom who doesn't know the Zodian dance of the 12 scarves. Exactly. I mean, I have to ask you about this. Um, it's kind of like this gentle listener. There is a group in her book called, the. am I going to say it correctly, Zodians? It's Zodian or Zodian, sure. Okay. Now, did you make them up? Sort of. <laughs> okay. Sort but, of. Now, what are they a blend of? And can you tell people, without spoiling anything, who, what they are? Because I have to tell you, they just sort of jumped off the page for me because I've gone to DomCon. I've done, you know, my research in other areas, uh, BDSM and kink. But these, I've seen the ponies prancing around. I've seen, you know, the people, different things. These I've never seen. Uh, well, there's this writer who in the 70s wrote a series of science fiction novels all set on a planet that is supposedly on the opposite side of the sun from where we are, mm -hmm. where the big, burly barbarian men spent most of their time coming over to our planet to kidnap... Uh, 
young, well-endowed women and take them back to their planet and uh, keep them as sex slaves. Um, and he wrote 23, 26 of those books, or as I put it, he wrote 26 versions of one book. Um, and they're sort of softcore smut. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of, you know, women being thrown down and ravaged uh, mm-hmm. stuff. Um, they sold incredible numbers, mostly because the original covers were by, uh, I think, Boris Vallejo. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mighty thewed men with mostly naked women clinging to their thighs. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what, what they're now doing with all of the Harlequin romances? Yes. <laughs> okay. So out of those books grew a subculture in the BDSM community that is 99% heterosexual male-dominant, heterosexual female-submissive, and uh, they're called the, the Goreans. And um, I, I make a lot of hay out of making fun of them, which is kind of funny uh, because they harm no one. Mm-hmm. But I just wish they were a little more theatrical. I mean, if you're going to be a mighty feud barbarian from another planet, dress the role. Now, yes, exactly. Now, do they dress and put the fur on them the way you describe in the book? Well, if they do, they haven't done it in front of me. <laughs> but here's the other thing. Now, am, am I going to say her name correctly? Is it, it fi, fi, Filta? Filta? Filta. Filta, yes. Um, on page 294, this is one of the women who is in the very submissive role wearing the scarves, the colored <laughs> scarves. And you know what struck me about this? The first time I went with someone to uh, DomCon, I asked, I said, what is it that is the most erotic thing here? Because the women were of very different sizes. There were some that were very slim, but a number of them that were very, very, very large. Mm-hmm. And he said, really the thing for many, the thing that is the most erotic or the hottest is how much they can do or what they are willing to try with you. And what struck me when I heard Filter talking about, listen, I'm doing this because it makes me feel phenomenal. And so what if I sound like I'm talking like a complete idiot? This works for me. And to me, that was such an honest statement that I was wondering, did you ever hear someone actually saying something like that? Oh, all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's more often uh, women mm-hmm. who will say that, uh, although I have heard it from men also. Um, but basically, in the scene, and the scene is remarkably forgiving uh, for a lot of different uh, body shapes and sizes uh, for age. And there are pockets that are very ageist and sexist, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, and I guess sizist would be the other way to describe it. But uh, I would think, in my experience in the scene, if you are... If you feel you are sexy, people will find you sexy. That, that's, you know, and on that note, we are going to go to our mid-break. My guest is Laura Antonou, and we will be right back to further discuss how the killer wore leather. Please stay with us.
This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Mobile is the future, and the future is now. Listen in each week, Tuesdays, 4 to 5 Central, to Brilliant Mobile Marketing with your host, Mobile Mary, as we simplify the hottest marketing channel, Mobile Marketing, and share secrets on how you can use mobile to be more brilliant, be more profitable, and have more fun in your industry. Join us each week to learn from brilliant business leaders on how to simply and easily capture a list of raving fans and turn them into loyal customers. This show will help business owners, authors, and speakers realize their own brilliance by tapping into the insights of fellow brilliant business leaders. We will also showcase brilliant tools, both traditional and digital, that will make you more brilliant in everything you do. Don't miss your date with Brilliant Mobile Marketing and your host, Mobile Mary, America's mobile marketing expert, as she shares her success strategies every Tuesday from 4 to 5 Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirit Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature. And happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Tonight, my guest is Laura Antonou. Her book is her new book, The Killer War Leather, Cleese Press, and that's C L E I S Press. And um, on the break, we were laughing about, um, we're always laughing. But anyway, Laura, can you tell me when you, the thing you're, you're talking about the first time um, I'm reading about some whip play. Um, is that what we call it? Whip play? Am I using a wrong term? Oh, you could say whip play or flogging or whipping. Okay. Yeah. Then, and talking about that the skill with which this person was um, using with the Zorro type whip, and I think it was oh yeah Nancy who is your you know little your um, investigative reporter is yes. watching this and going. So when when you did these characters, you used them as they're the educational you know eyeballs and ears of the reader throughout the entire thing, whether it's you know um, Rebecca or Nancy or the other detective. 
Yes, I, I call those point of view characters, uh, I call what they do the as you know Bob conversation. <laughs> Great. Right? Because <laughs> I don't assume that everyone reading the book will understand what's going on. And in fact, the first chapter is deliberately overloaded with a lot of things that would appear completely uh, mysterious to someone who's who's not familiar with the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, So I needed to have characters uh, who could ask questions and have things explained for them, but I wanted them to be able to process the information from for different ways. And Nancy Nichols, mm-hmm. my intrepid reporter, um, <laughs> is actually named after my mother-in-law. Oh, seriously? Yes, yes. My mother-in-law is thrilled that she has a character named after her in this book because this is the first of my books I've let her read. Oh, really? Yes. Well, I like I said, for 20 years I've written erotica, and uh, she was an English professor, uh, and she very much wanted to read what I wrote. And so I finally had to have a really awkward discussion with her one day, and I told her that if I wrote mystery, she wouldn't think I was a killer. And if I wrote horror novels, she wouldn't think I was a vampire. But I wrote erotica, and I slept with her daughter. Exactly so. <laughs> and so I didn't want to have that between us. Right. And she sort of looked at me and thought about it, and she said, good point. And she stopped asking. Um, but for the killer war leather, I decided this I would send to her. Well, this has unleashed a whole new chapter of my life, because now my... Uh, not only she has read this, but uh, my wife's father is also reading this, and uh, and now they're sending me notes oh asking me, me uh, for details. No, no, because here's I I did see that you know that you and your wife are in. Um, are you living in Queens? Mm-hmm. Okay, and I did when I was you know. Reading some of this, and when you talk about you know naming it for her, I am reminded of the woman who wrote the um, all the Harry Potters. Who, oh yes, in her comments, her address to I believe it was um, Harvard, and she made the comment about the friends who have not did not sue her when she used their names as what are they Death Eaters? Oh yes, yes. <laughs> But I think this is, I think that's an absolute riot that you named it after her. And I loved how you introduced, you did, you crammed in that first chapter. I like the boy and the boy, B-O-Y and B-O-I. The the boy's Jack. Yes, exactly. And I did not know the thing about, is it the boot jacks? The boot blacks. The boot blacks. Mm -hmm. I did not realize that that was such an area. Oh, it's a big thing. Okay, can you tell people what they, what that is? Because I well, didn't know. Again, I was like the student reading this book in, in some areas. Well, on the one hand, everyone knows what a boot black is. You go through an airport and you see these people working at stands and you hop up there and you get your shoes shined. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Well, now in the leather community, you take the fact that it's leather and uh, boots and a boot and shoe fetish, very major part of, of kink, Um and there is a romantic aura around taking care of someone else's leather. And uh, boot blacking it can be a really erotic experience for the person who's taking care of the boots and the person who's wearing them. It is traditionally only done 
while someone is wearing the boots. You don't drop off your boots with a, with a kinky boot black and have them go away with them. You sit in a chair while they lovingly clean your boots and dust them and, and then they'll condition them and, and shine them, polish them and do all sorts of detail work on them. I happen to love having boot blacks uh, fawn over my boots. I, I always take advantage of one uh, if I'm at an event that, that offers some boot blacking. In fact, I'm really looking forward to going. I'm going to both International Ms. Leather this year and mm -hmm. International Mr. Leather. And, and I'm going to get my boots done at both. <laughs> now, where are they being held? International Ms. Leather is uh, in San Francisco mm -hmm. in two weeks, well, three weeks. And International Mr. Leather is in Chicago, where the Leather Archives is. And okay. uh, that's uh, Memorial Day weekend. Okay. Well, I think I would probably really like the boot blacking because when I go through the airport, mm -hmm. it is like my absolute favoritist guilty pleasure is to hop up on those things and get my boots or my shoes polished. And when the detective is talking about having his boots being done, was it, was it who's the guy? Is it Timmy? Who was the... Yes, it, well, there's Timmy the boot black, and the, who, uh, oh, I can't say that, that's a spoiler. And there's Feral, who <laughs> exactly. was last year's, last year's global boot black. Exactly. Now, do they have a boot, do they have a boot blacking contest? They do. They, they have several, as a matter of fact. Um, the uh, International Ms. Boot Black, uh, they just did a fundraiser to create a documentary of the first 10 years of the International Ms. Boot Black contest. And I donated a copy of The Killer Wore Leather um, as a, a prize for, for someone uh, donating to, the, to their fund. Ah, because... I have to tell you, when he was describing, he never expected it to be as sensuous as it is. And I have to tell you, if you have someone who really does your boots well, you know, when you're in, sitting on those little things, it's so nice when you've been tromping through an airport. Right. So now imagine that the person who's doing your boots is really interested in giving you a complete sensual experience as well as making your boots look perfect. Aye, aye, aye. See? Yeah. Now that that is like bordering on hot for me. Okay. There you I, go. <laughs> you know. Okay. And I have to tell you, I so enjoyed some of the little tidbits and nuggets of things. They. Oh, you know what? I don't think I remember. Why the keys? What are all the keys supposed to be for? Uh, the keys on the belt loops mm -hmm. uh, signal whether someone is a top or a bottom. Oh, okay. So who's going to lock and unlock things? Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Uh, if if you wear them uh, on the left or the right, you're telling people whether uh, you're going to be in charge or whether you're waiting for someone to be in charge. And one of the inside jokes is that uh, while Bitsy, the slave um, who is our volunteer coordinator, right. is yelling and bullying people at her table, the the person who is most afraid of her and backs off immediately is totally dressed as a master and has his keys hanging on the dominance side ah okay inside so it's one joke. of those little inside jokes exactly okay and the gentleman who does become her love interest is just she interestingly enough is not really paying attention to him right which often happens when 
uh, when I see many times the women, the men will have to come up and go, look, I'm interested in you. And at that point, she's kind of like, huh, because he came into her space. Yes. Which, you know, Bitsy's used to being able to tell everyone what to do. But to go back to the whip thing, what mm-hmm. I liked about this, again, as you call them, you know, the point of view characters, the, as you know, Bob, <laughs> that, <laughs> I love that, by the way, um, that for Nancy, she's watching this and going, it wasn't at all like you would see in, you know, what she expected in the, you know, the B-grade movies of, you know, what was happening and that this person was like being put into like an altered state because of it. Right. And and that is one of the things that I think a lot of people don't understand about kinky sex mm-hmm. is that the stereotypical image of it is very cartoon. It's, it, it is just a list of stereotypes. It's the very thin uh, woman in a latex cat suit or, uh, you know, a corset bustier and, and thigh-high boots, and it's uh, the whining, sniveling, submissive man, or it's the dominant, uh, distant, cold, abusive uh, kind of stalking man. It, we, we have all of these images uh, that are cartoons, and they're not real. Uh, the reality is that uh, kinky sex, like any kind of sex is a is a transcendent experience uh people enjoy it because it creates moments of timelessness mm-hmm. and where where you're not involved with the outside world and you and particularly with kinky and bdsm you have spoken with how and what you would like to have happen you're clear vanilla can learn so much in this regard Absolutely. And I mean, they just, sorry, vanilla, yeah, vanilla doesn't, vanilla ha- does what I refer to as psychic, psychic sex, thinking the other person should know what they want. Mm. And it doesn't work out all that well. Now we're going to No, be- it doesn't work out in kinky sex that way either. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the fact that, you know, and there were some characters who had not been honest about what it was was going on for them. Now, we have 30 seconds until our final break. For anyone who would like to get a hold of Laura, she does. She is on Facebook with her name, Laura Antonu. And you also have, you also have your website, correct? Yes, it's lantonu.com. So it's L and then my last name, which is A-N-T-O-N-I-O-U. Okay. Now, we're going to our tunes right now, and we will be right back. Um... To complete our show with my guest, Laura Antonou. Please stay with us. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Mobile is the future, and the future is now. Listen in each week, Tuesdays, 4 to 5 Central, to Brilliant Mobile Marketing with your host, Mobile Mary, as we simplify the hottest marketing channel, Mobile Marketing, and share secrets on how you can use mobile to be more brilliant, be more profitable, and have more fun in your industry. 
Join us each week to learn from brilliant business leaders on how to simply and easily capture a list of raving fans and turn them into loyal customers. This show will help business owners, authors, and speakers realize their own brilliance by tapping into the insights of fellow brilliant business leaders. We will also showcase brilliant tools, both traditional and digital, that will make you more brilliant in everything you do. Don't miss your date with brilliant your host or host Ray, America's America's mobile expert, expert as she shares her success strategies every Tuesday from four to five central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Chances are you didn't give birth to Einstein. So why are you trying to raise your child to be like him? Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein with your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. Woohoo Radio Network's parenting show dedicated to helping you release the myth of the perfect parent and discover the unique brilliance in your child and you. Tara and her panel of amazing, intelligent, and sometimes off-the-wall guests will share the tips, tools, trends, and techniques available that will help you stop raising Einstein and start relishing your role as a proud and present parent. Join her every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time for Stop Raising Einstein, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Um, over the break, Laura Antonou, who is my guest this evening, author of The Killer War Leather, we're talking about from like sort of like the business perspective, what's coming next. So for anyone who is an aspiring writer of erotica or would like to do something, your publisher is Cleese Press, correct? Yes, Cleese in, uh, in San Francisco. Right, and that's Felice Newman. And I mean, I know Felice, but she's still there, correct? Yes, she is. Okay. Now, for you, what was, because did you also do Marketplace with them? No, uh, the Marketplace is currently with uh, a small press called Circlet, which Mm -hmm. is out of Boston, and they specialize in erotica that is set in subgenres, fantasy, science fiction, and paranormal. Okay. Uh, they, They created a whole imprint just for the Marketplace books. Wow. And and I went with them because their publisher, Cecilia Tan, is an old friend. Mm-hmm. And um, I would rather be a big fish in a small pond to be the big author at a small press mm-hmm. than to be a forgotten author at a big one. Um, I concur. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, Circlet treats me very well. They've they've gotten the marketplace books out as ebooks. They uh, they helped me uh, get the first one acquired by Audible uh, for my first audio book. Uh, Susie Did Bright you do the acquired reading? it. Did you no, read it? No, I, I have not. <laughs> okay. But they they hired this woman with a beautiful British accent. 
to to read my marketplace books. And let me tell you, I, I heard the first opening line of merchandise does not come easily to the marketplace. And I just said, oh, my God, that's the hottest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and that's my writing. I know. Isn't that, isn't that hilarious when you, you hear something like that? Now, here's the thing. When you wrote your books, did they feel like you were creating a child? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because that's, to me, it's like you are creating a child, you're sending it out into the world, and you don't know how it's going to impact the world, but you hope that it's, you know, it will be treated well and it will treat the world well. Well, yes, and, and when people insult it, I want to go after them with a baseball bat. <laughs> exactly. Now, did, so you did, I was thinking for some reason that you did um, Marketplace with Cleese. But here's the thing I would ask, are you going to do and how are you going to continue, uh, Rebecca, because you created some really, really relatable characters. And I have to tell you, having been, if anyone has ever been to a conference or been part of a group, there are these people, but I love how you blended in. Where's the, where's the NA meeting? Where's this? Where's that? <laughs> that everybody has to have all of their needs met. And yeah. You created these great characters. Where, where are they going to go next? Well, let's say your I ideal it, scenario. I am I am continuing to write the marketplace books. I'm I'm continuing to write erotica because I love to do it, mm-hmm. um, and and so I'm I'm still doing that. On the other hand, I really liked crafting a mystery. It's it's it was a great challenge and i loved creating the uh, the detective characters mm-hmm. um and i had i have this idea that it would make a great series that is uh sexually themed mm-hmm. you know uh like there are knitting mysteries and cooking mysteries and baseball mysteries and nascar mysteries and everything else well this would be the rebecca feldblum mysteries or you know rebecca and uh dominic and um, mm-hmm. they would get oddball cases that take place in sexual minority communities. Well, you know, I would not be the least bit surprised if you were not having a producer start calling you. Well, I think it would be fun. And it would give me a great excuse to go to things like, oh, AVN or, uh, you know, all these big conferences that I have absolutely, you know, no real reason to go to professionally, except now I could say it's all research. Well, you know, when I do AVN, it is all research. Well, there you go. And here's the reason I go. Honestly, Mm -hmm. Dora, to me, as an educator, I have to know what people are looking at because... When I start seeing things showing up as a current theme in the area of the adult world, I know it's going to translate into bedrooms. I mean, well, there's just a lot no of my yeah, a lot of my fellow educators in the BDSM and kink communities immediately started retitling some of their workshops to Fifty Shades of Something. Right. Um, And I did not jump on that bandwagon because I actually I I don't know that I have much to say to someone who would come to me having only read Fifty Shades of Grey, um, except. Awesome. Now read something else. Uh, 
the type of teaching I do is is much more intensive and it's all relationship based. It's not really anything to do with safety and flogging and bondage and that sort of thing. Um, and so one of the things I would like to do with the Killer War Leather and hopefully some more uh, books that are not just pegged as erotica is, is to get my name out there as um, an alt sex educator who can be friendly to people who are ready to to move into community exploration mm-hmm. as opposed to just buying some nice safe toys at the pleasure chest and you know going home and, and playing every once in a while okay describe for people what you mean by community exploration what would that mean for someone well, like when I came out uh, into the kink community, I joined groups. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I went to workshops. I went to conferences as soon as I found out there were conferences. And I even I even produced a contest uh, once just to see if I could. Um, <laughs> there, it's a different type of personality that says this corner of my sexuality is so important to me that I want to associate with other people who share that interest. Right. And um, one of my most loved parts of the leather BDSM community are the dominance and submission people, the people who like role-playing and playing with power. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things I do, like I teach a three-day workshop with, uh, with Midori, who is another uh, educator in the mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. that's all about how to create a realistic way to be kinky at home that makes you feel empowered and sexy all the time mm-hmm. uh, without basing it on fiction. Right, and with it having the real people ways of doing things. Exactly. In, and, in, like, we're teaching that in, in Dallas at the end of uh, the month. And mm-hmm. um, at, while I'm in Dallas, I'll be doing a reading for the Killer War Leather at a Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. And so I want to keep living this kind of crossover life where I can tell fun stories and then connect with people who might be interested in more than just reading. And, you know, I, my brain is going about 18 different places at this point with questions I want to ask you. When I started doing mine, my work in the area of sexuality and writing, it was because I was the crossover between I had all the hard science background. Mm-hmm. And I knew what was going on, and my observation of it was, why aren't people getting the accurate information? They're being told this stuff, but no one's telling them where to put their tongues, where to put their toes, where to put things, and have the practical that they can then follow step by step. And I never expected that I would be writing books. It wasn't something, but I just, I wanted the information for me in a way I wanted to hear it. And I started writing fiction because I didn't find fiction that told the stories I wanted to read. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, um, what's her name? The, who is it? Uh, the professor who is, says, you know, I couldn't, we couldn't find what we wanted, so we just started writing up stuff. Yes, exactly. I just thought that was great. Now. M- Mickey Abraham has her own little following now, her own little fan club. I think someone actually wants to make the button. That, that she wears at one point in the book that says, Asphyxophilia, think of it as evolution in action. <laughs> no, she was fabulous. And there is, you know, there is that thing of the person who is the academic person, person who says, well, I'm, I'm more so this. Now, 
Do you know about Desire, the Desire conference that Olga Perez puts on? Yes. Yes, yeah, I do. Yeah, because it's in, in July. We were just we were talking about that today when we had uh, lunch for uh, for the Lhasa group. Mm-hmm. Is there a trend? We probably have about two minutes left for everyone. My guest is Laura Antonu. She is the author of the recently released book, The Killer War Leather. If you wish to get a hold of her, you can do so on Facebook, Laura Antonu. And it's www.lantoniou, correct? Yes. For your website. That's correct. We have, we have two minutes until the outro. What are the trends that you are excited about seeing in BDSM and kink? I'm really excited about... Uh, the ability for people to put together an affinity group and actually create uh, live events for people to get together so quickly and easily using uh, the internet and social media now. This mm-hmm. is terribly, terribly exciting uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, most of my time I spend complaining about the leather community, so I, I don't know that I... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. One thing you'd like to is that what's what's the one thing you'd like to fix in the leather community? You know, I would like people to take themselves a lot less seriously. Okay. I, I would I would like them to take a step back and realize that when you look at us objectively, we're still putting on funny clothes and playing games. And while that's fabulous and it's wonderful that we're adults and we still get to play and it's awesome, taking it too seriously, it just leads to agita. <laughs> okay, that is so great. I laughed when you talked about the leather. People, we have 30 seconds until the end of the show, but the person who you couldn't do leather until you do something like this and that leather group tells you you can only do it that way because I know people here who that is what they are like. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't, do not tread on my traditions. And, you know, so, Laura, it is absolutely my pleasure to have you on my show tonight. Everyone, please go to her website and get this book and laugh. I'm going to tell you, you will laugh. Laura, thank you for being with me this evening. It was great, Lou. Thanks. Okay. We will be in contact, my dear. Okay. Okay. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget.